through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to the longest days of our lives, a 24 fan cast. It is day two, hour 21, and I am one of your co-hosts, Jack Bauer, super fan, Mike Cushing. And I'm another one of your hosts, 24 newbie, Curtis And I am your third and final host, Michael Howard. You didn't have a weird thing to say. I I, I couldn't come up with anything. That was it. That's fair. Oh, I mean. Sometimes it's weirder just to be normal, right? I mean, yeah, you really threw me for a loop, and I, <laughs> I didn't care for it. <laughs> Especially since we've spent the last hour and a half talking about, like, Spider-Man and boners and stuff, which... We we spent the last hour drinking brandy and talking about leather-bound books. Mm. And Rich Mahogany. Ah, yes, mm-hmm. of course. Sorry. Yes. Plain gentleman's I pong. You. I just took off my velvet smoking jacket and um, <laughs> get getting in the mood to talk about Jack Bauer shooting uh, Nick Offerman in the dick. <laughs> I wish he would have, but he didn't. He didn't. Um, yeah, so we open. It's, uh, hey, guys, welcome to the 4 a.m. hour. And as listening back to last week's episode, we got a little bit hung up on an issue in our apology to our listener about his uh, hatred for Kim Bauer. Um, and we completely glossed over the fact that it actually was the GD witching hour. <laughs> we finally made it. And, like, you a-holes didn't say it. And I was, like, I was listening back to the episode, and I'm just like, oh, the witching hour. Oh no! This is—we finally had it. We didn't do it. See, that's how I keep well, you on your point. toes. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, when you well, think I'm gonna witch, I zag. Mm-hmm. The witch and switch. Well, Perfect. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we missed it. So I guess we have to wait another. Uh, well, who? I don't know when the next season starts, hour-wise, but it could be 18 years before we get to season three. I don't know. But we open up. It's 4 a.m. Welcome to the 4 a.m. hour. The problem, so there was a previously, and it made me very sad because they showed Kim in the previously, and I was like, oh, no. We're going to get Kimmed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like normally when you start your day, you just wake up and you like, you don't know, like, sometimes you like, you get that meeting reminder that like, oh yeah, at 4 4 p.m. you have this like horrible shit meeting you don't want to go to. That's what it's like that. You just get the meeting, like the calendar reminder that like Kim's showing up. <laughs> End of your day. It's not going to be good. Yeah, and you know it's coming. You just dread it. You, you, like you, for, for Kim, you don't know when the Kim's coming, but you know it's it's showing up and you just. God. Yeah, she came back. Luckily, not a big role, but like the exact amount of Kim that like the exact role that Kim was born to play, like still just all about her in the midst of her dad trying to solve a terrorist plot, which, whatever. So we open up at 4.02 in the morning. Jack Bauer is standing with a silenced gun drawn, speaking through a bathroom door with bullet holes in it to uh, Marcus and Cole, the two uh, Southern California rednecks who beat the shit out of and killed Yusuf Ayuda and accidentally stole the chip containing uh, all of the uh, the proof that the Cypress audio recording that will hopefully deter a, nu- a war in the Middle East, uh, was falsified. Uh, they're in the Warner household, and um, Jack just wants to know who he's talking to. And Marcus, played by Nick Offerman, America's sweetheart, says, uh, fuck you. We don't have to give you shit since we have something your girlfriend wants. I- she was about to pay me a lot of money for. This and dick? This- <laughs> she-, she offered you 20,000 euros already. <laughs> and you didn't take it because you wanted not Monopoly money, which... Do I love you your des- pain to you? I want I want money. I want cash money. 
like I mean at this point they deserve every, every single bullet they get from Jack Bauer's gun. Um so J- Jack's his appeal to their like good American nature <laughs> for some reason like doesn't really play but he's just like guys you probably know about the nuclear bomb that went off 5 hours ago which first of all has it been that long? Because it feels like a year and a half since we talked about that bomb going off. Um, a long time. Also, also, Jack said nuclear. Nuclear. He did well, say nuclear. To, he, yeah. said, he said yeah. nuclear. To be fair, that was the popular parlance of the time <laughs> promoted by our president. So, I know. <laughs> nuclear. Um, and Well, he so also he, tries to appeal to them by saying, like, oh, we're going to go to war with innocent countries. And it's like, these would be the dudes who'd be like, well, I don't give a fuck. Let's go to the they, war with the Middle East. They literally just beat up a brown dude for walking around. For like existing. they pulled him they pulled him out of a car and beat this shit. I was like, not gonna really So he he tries to explain that he just wants a chip because it, it contains information about who's responsible for the bomb. And he's like, the man you beat the shit out of was a foreign intelligence agent trying to bring me the chip. And it's like, you can walk out of here. Um, but you need you need to give me the chip within the next 30 seconds. And this upsets Kate Warner, who's listening in the background. She's like, you can't let them go. It's like, back also, the fuck also, off. Uh, yeah. Um, I I now know where Kim gets it from. Because Jack walks in this house, says, oh, I got some beans here. Let me spill all of them. Immediately. Yep. <laughs> yep. Just... Gonna have to spill all these beans over here. No problem. Jack Bauer is such a weird mix of like honestly, he was just tortured for two hours. Didn't say a GD word. If someone wanted to get information out of Jack Bauer, all they would have to do is lead him into like an elaborate escape room to be like, hey Jack, you gotta work with this guy to get this information. <laughs> like these guys, they have a chip that has crucial information based on your mission. And you just be like, Oh, dunk. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am Jack Bauer. <laughs> well, he's he's just honest to a fault all the time. Like even when he was being tortured and he didn't want to give up information, he just kept saying like, "I don't know where it is," which was technically true. Technically true. So he's just yeah. But to me, it's like because now he has to say, "Oh, so the government needs this. So now I want all the money right. and get out of the country." Yeah. Um. Thanks. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> Appreciate it. The thing is, it just seems like Jack Bauer would be so easy to honeypot. <laughs> like, because, like, if you put someone he, like, kind of has a relationship in, in any kind of danger, and then, but, like... Didn't he already kind of get honeypotted in season well, one? I Yeah, yeah, he did. Big time. So, Big time. <laughs> yes? Like, and he's not... I'm pretty sure from what I remember of the next couple of seasons of this show, he never learns his lesson. Mm-mm. Like, he mm. just shares information at the drop of a hat if, like, he only doesn't share information if someone's torturing him or if it's his boss and he doesn't <laughs> want to talk to them. Like, that's it. <laughs> so, one of one of Jack's, you know, either his, his father or maybe his grandfather and uncle once taught him, hey, buddy, this family, we don't like beans. Okay? Hate them. If you see a bean, kick, a, throw kick it. the card over. Throw the bean. It goes to the floor. Immediately. Spill them. Step on Spill them. Spill all these beans quickly. Kick them as far as you can. One by one. Beans are out. They're the devil. They give you gas. It's not good. Okay? No legumes around here. So, uh, Jack explains to Kate what she, like, runs over to him and yells at him. Like, and by the way, she runs up to a door that has been previously shot through within the last minute and a half. And, uh, 
she can't believe that Jack is going to let them walk free. And he says, stopping this war is more important. Why don't you step out away from this door and go call CTU? And then he turns to uh, Cole and Marcus and says, you have 30 seconds to get out of this door. I'm <laughs> going to do my good Jack Bauer work. <laughs> and uh, one of them, Cole, he's a skinny little dude. He's very nervous and wants to give up. And Marcus insists that we can take Jack Bauer. I'm sorry, who who's Marcus? Marcus is Nick Offerman. Right. Ron Swanson. Uh, yes, Ron Swanson. Okay. Sorry, Ron Swanson, mm-hmm. the terrorist, yes. says, yeah. Nick Offerman, the terrorist, says, <laughs> we can take Jack Bauer. Don't worry about it. And um, they have a bit of a disagreement. And then what happens? Well, they fight over the gun. So Cole goes for oh, his yeah, gun. Sorry, Cole goes for yeah. uh, Ron Swanson's gun. Um, they start fighting. Uh, shots get fired. And Jack says, fuck this, kicks the door down. And basically walks in on these two dipshits fighting dipshits over each other. Fighting. And then he's like, hey, uh, you guys are fucking idiots. Get against the wall before I put two in both your heads. Yeah, but like before he does that, he shoots a mirror center mass, like perfectly puts a bullet in is like true. the X ring of a mirror, like a circular mirror, like I guess to get their attention, but it, like it's a silent pistol that he just like Blitz the uprights mm-hmm. on this mirror. <laughs> he just right. wanted to let him know. Right. If it's if it's if it's an actual silence pistol, it'd be a sound. In the movie silence, it sounds like a goddamn dark gun. So just think. Uh, okay, <laughs> that could have been your <laughs> face. <laughs> Did you want to talk about something, bro? I don't understand. And yeah, I mean they 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 comply and get down. And then he he says, "Where's the chip?" And where is the chip? It's on the ground, bro. Next to your fucking bare feet. Yeah, and it been stepped on mm. and cracked in half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he calls Caden. I'm so very disappointed he didn't kill anyone. Damaged. Yeah, I mean, they're I mean, they're white and just a bunch of you know knuckle dragging rednecks, not trained terrorists. So, but this goes this goes back to my theory, guys. This was Ron Swanson. Yeah, and he was just relocated <laughs> to Indiana. He kept his he kept most of his views, but kind of tamped down the racism a little bit. Do you th- still a libertarian and then hit gold? Do you think he like this in this cinematic universe that mm-hmm. like did he learn his lesson here? Like has he grown as a person? Because like he has. Ron's a little he, Ron's he, tolerant. He didn't learn it completely until he married Tammy One. After this, that's fair. Right. Also, Tammy he, One is after this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the timeline checks he, out. Cause, yeah, yeah. I mean, because he, you know, Kate was a blonde woman, and he's like, I don't, you know, I gotta retrust blonde women again. I got, I can't, you know, be a white guy who hates blonde women, so he marries Tammy One. Yeah, and then it all goes south from there. Yeah, and then gets back to brunettes. Smart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And then he has to deal with Leslie Nope, who's blonde again. Just you know, his life's just a giant fucking wheel of terror. And then he married a Xena Warrior Princess, so that's great. <laughs> um. So we cut. So he calls. Is that Kate also the same re- universe as Twenty Four? At this point, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So he calls Kate and they get some wire, and he starts to restrain them. We cut to the district office where Mike Novick enters David Palmer's office uh, while he is reviewing a Pentagon briefing and uh, looks up at Mike and says, "I just learned our bombers are not going back to their bases as ordered. You know anything about this, Mike?" And uh, Mike Novick at first says. Well, I believe they're just in a holding pattern to refuel. And David pressed them for like a second. And then he's like, you know, I actually have an explanation. If you just want to pop on down the hallway <laughs> to the conference, conference room. room. Yeah. And this is when I, I actually gained respect for David. Yeah. 
What does he, what David, does he say? He's, he says, I'm the president of the United States. I'm not going anywhere until, me, until you tell me what's going on, Mike. Because yeah, Mike is just like, hey, yeah. come to the conference room, buddy, pal. And for a second, the first question, before he says that, Curtis, he's like, are you ordering me to the conference room? <laughs> yeah. And Mike's like, oh, no, I would never. And then, oh, fuck you. <laughs> and Mike, Mike, after being forced to explain, says, well... Several cabinet members are challenging your fitness to continue as chief executive of the country. And David is quiet for a moment and then just says, and these people are in my conference room. <laughs> and Mike says, in a manner of speaking, sir. Yes. Yeah, because no one actually wanted to face him like face to face. Why the fuck would you? And he just says, well, let's go see him. Stands up and they they walk away. And... um we get a tiny clock at 4.05, please take a drink, as we get some, like, crunchy fucking piano music playing as David and Mike walk to this conference room. And uh, Palmer walks in, and he sees on multiple video screens that the full cabinet is assembled. And at the head of the cabinet table in Washington, D.C. is Vice President Jim Prescott. And he says, oh, now I see why I had such a hard time reaching you, Jim. And he does, like, a really strong, like full hand point at the screen and just says you were busy and what does what does jim say i don't remember exactly what he says but i love how david plays this whole thing like it's not how yeah. i would have done it because i would have just started screaming and yelling and throwing things but like he's so cool and collected and it's like almost in complete contrast to what they're accusing him of right and so it's also in contrast to what you expect from Prescott because Prescott's first line is, I apologize if this comes as a surprise, Mr. President. This is a unique situation in our history calling for unique measures. And like throughout the whole proceeding, Prescott isn't a dick about this. No, like, like, yeah, it's surprising. He He almost seems like I thought he was kind of like the head of this cabal or definitely being paid by it. But I feel like. I think he's being played just as much right, as anyone else. Right, he is. Yeah, he he's been convinced that this needs to happen. But like the premise of, I think David has the, the his face is so perfect here, um, because the premise is just crazy. It could happen, but like I mean, and do yourselves a favor if you love history and research what happened with Kennedy and and Khrushchev and the Cuban Missile Crisis, like. This young president being tested by what literally having Soviet warships heading towards, you know, the United States almost. And he's, you know, being trusted by all the, everybody around him to make the right decision. He does eventually like to have it be, you know, this is an elected president who's being challenged by his cabinet for not going to war. His face is just flawless for just like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay, we'll play your game. Yeah. And even like his like David, this is like the first time I've actually like respected david palmer in this entire mm-hmm. series his response to prescott's line is yeah let's skip the sound bites and cut to the chase what what is this and prescott says well we're invoking the 25th amendment due to a general feeling that all of your decisions today have been dog shit and we didn't like them and um the secretary of state who we only know his last name is alex uh just he's on uh, one of the video screens and he quickly jumps in and says Oh, no, no, no. What's, there's no general feeling about anything. Um, we just want to understand what you're doing. And David, I'm sure if you can talk us through it, you can convince us 
that, you know, you're doing just fine today. And um, Jim Prescott starts to read the 25th Amendment, and um, I neglected to copy it down from Wikipedia, so I don't really know exactly what it says. But uh, basically, it boils down to both he and the attorney general believe that the line in there that, quote, inability to discharge his duty isn't really limited to any sort of particular cause and just mainly just means we don't like what you're doing. Yeah, which is kind of bullshit because it says definitely says unable, not unwilling. Like, David is clearly able to do whatever the fuck he wants. Well, and they use the the word disabled a bunch in this, in like in this Mm -hmm. back and forth. Like, David, David delivers a pretty good line in a minute. Um, and uh, basically it comes down to everyone believes that David Palmer is relying on Jack Bauer to find this evidence, basically just as a means to extend his unwillingness to go to war. And by the, the by the fact that he's trusting one man over the entire intelligence apparatus of the United States, he's disabled. Like he's trusting one guy way, way too much. And he's he says he's overstressed and doesn't want to go to war. Yeah, not and, wanting uh, to go to war is not a disability. That's like a normal Correct. human emotion. Well, like, and it's also the premise of this is based on the fact that this is, by the way, a Democratic president. Right. So it's just with Democratic cabinet officials, all of them. And why don't you want to go to war immediately? Five hours after we're attacked. It's been five hours. And the, the, the great thing about this <laughs> is like the entire premise of their argument is that David Palmer is a weak president who uh, <laughs> like is a, you know, he just rolls over. And in this. Like they respond is like, basically David says, Jack says he'll be presenting the evidence soon, uh, and I know you're tired of waiting, but I trust this man. And he's like, well, he's been telling you that for hours, and you still have the proof. And he says, everyone is sure, Mr. President. Everyone is sure that these countries did it. Everyone but you. And David just says, well, as it happens, I'm the only one who counts. Deuces. And he gets up and walks away. (laughs) And can we also talk about a little bit on? Who's doing the camera work on this conference call? Because it is David and Mike Novick in this room, but somehow the camera for the conference call is following David's every move. Oh, my dude, can I tell you about... So there are some conference tech at (laughs) our polycom. Dude, yeah, Curtis, you probably have it too. Consultant calls. They follow you around. Yeah, like (laughs) if, if you... There are like... Huge video screens. I think Cisco makes them. Huge video screens mm-hmm. with like two cameras on top. Yep. And if you say a goddamn word in that meeting, zoom. <laughs> yeah, it's it's real weird. And sometimes yes, but this um, is two thousand three, guys. Michael, we've been talking know, about man. the technology in this show since the beginning. Other than their call tracing ability, the show is amazingly ahead of its so time. So they're just for very also for anybody thinking. who has those. If you have those systems in your office, um, don't sit in those rooms even when you're not on a call because those cameras will just move randomly sometimes mm-hmm. and you're like, nah, fam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you I sit you I sit at? on the wall in meetings with those rooms. Like those cameras get all freaky naughty. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I think also, by the way, so one of the things I, th- I like about also I think David's face is that um he can look around this room and say, You do realize that no matter how this all plays out, like if you read the rest of the twenty fifth amendment and we'll get there. Like, all of y'all are probably going to jail, right? Like, because people are not going to be happy that the Secretary of Agriculture voted on a goddamn war. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway. Yeah. Also, <laughs> so, like, I mean, I know we're in a post-9-11 society, but doesn't he need congressional approval to bomb three separate countries? 
Michael, do you know the last time we had congressional approval to do any act of war? Yeah, like World War Two. Yeah, it's it's been yeah. a hot second. The, <laughs> been a minute. Congress well, has abdicated so much, so much like approve like authority to do anything to the president. I think it was Vietnam, right? Yeah, Maybe, technically it was Vietnam. But, but then we just we declared a, a global war on terror, which means we can just bomb anybody we want to. Basically, the president so. can do like run a war for at least 100 days without congressional approval bases like in terms of like a reaction to an event cool and cool, 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 then cool. dope and then under the terms of it being an ongoing action he doesn't really need congressional approval anyway so perfect yeah, perfect it's good yep. good no, makes sense um mm. so basically in response to prescott um david says you don't like one of my policy decisions which is actually a very weird way to phrase his whole thing today but whatever says, the 25th Amendment does not give you the right to reverse my decision under the pretense of saying, I have a disability. And then he looks around the room and delivers probably the best, like, David Palmer dick swinging of the show so far. And he says, I know know you people are not in the same room as me, but you need to take a good look. Do I seem... And we're going to drink for this entire speech. His voice is above (laughs) a middle C and powerful the entire time do i seem scared am i breaking into a nervous sweat am i babbling at a loss for words is my voice shaking can any one of you look me in the eye and tell me i'm disabled and he delivers that very good line that i was i butchered um and prescott just says that's fine sir but i intend to show a pattern of erratic behavior over the last 20 hours since this crisis started and that this military decision is just another symptom of your basically ineptitude. And as soon as he said behavior over the last 20 hours, like, I actually was like, oh, shit. Yeah, though, no, they got him. Yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot about the Roger thing somehow because I was like, oh, OK, so, yeah, he he did the thing with the journalist. That's probably going to be bad. And then they when they called Roger, I was like, oh, no, that's bad. Somehow, no one brings up Sherry Palmer coming back in. <laughs> like, no one even brings this yeah. up, which is crazy town. Um, but so the Secretary of State says David should be able to defend himself and because um, David gets up to leave. And uh, David says, okay, I'll stay, but I'll go through with this farce of a trial on the condition that if I'm proven to be fit for duty, Jim Prescott resigns. They all agree. I love how that and, had to be uh, a condition. Like, he was going to have to do it regardless. If David was found yeah, fit for right. duty, he would have been like, okay, cool. I hope you already had this resignation written because you're gone. And Prescott does say, this is going to happen regardless, so you might as well be here to talk to us. Right. Um, and uh, so the te- Secretary of State says, I suggest we all take a couple minutes to compose ourselves during the commercial break <laughs> um, before continuing the proceedings. And uh, David says, you mean the trial of David Palmer. Dun, dun, dun. And then Mike and Mike Novak, who's just sitting next to him, just kind of hangs his head slowly. And we're going to get to this, but I don't know how David isn't just kicking Mike in the penis the entire time. <laughs> yeah. He's, that happens I, off screen, for sure. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Mike. Yeah. Seriously. I, and I, I loved Mike Novak, and I totally forgot about all of this betrayal, but we get a commercial break. It's 4 I, do, I am seeing four. why I remember liking David Palmer, though. He has these moments yeah. that he's just, he delivered. And honestly, I don't want to do too much, but like 
he's he's a he gets good. Mm-hmm, he gets mm-hmm. good. So we cut back to CTU and Tony Almeida, who's the current acting head of the LA office of CTU, pulls Ryan Chappelle, his boss, aside to ask why he hasn't told to ask why he wasn't told that the White House ordered off the military strike on the Middle East about an hour ago. And Chappelle just says, oh, I wouldn't worry I wouldn't about it. worry I'm about it. Pretty sure that order is going to be reinstated. Which is just so weird. Like, who is he talking to? The right. cabinet members? Yeah, so clearly Chappelle has the inside line. And so he just says, make sure you keep your people on a war footing. And, like, why would Chappelle know anything? I don't know. This acts like Chappelle is the head of the CIA. Right. When he's just the head of division of Southern uh, California. Terrorism unit in California. No. I I don't need you to be part of the cabal. (laughs) And that's, that's again, though, like, CTU. Like, this office of CTU, like... None of what they could possibly do, and even though the terrorist attack was in L.A., like, to prepare for a war, nothing they could possibly do could impact the war. Like, No, yeah, because he wants everybody to work on military intel. What the fuck for? You're going to bomb three countries. Yeah, I love how... Why do you need the counterterrorism? I love how CTU basically is CIA, FBI, NSA, Homeland Security all rolled into one. But, like... But they operate in on like a city by city yes. basis. <laughs> like, like there's no like national CTU apparatus. No, like, you got it. It's they're like cells. They're operating like the terrorists to get in the minds of the terrorists. You see, yeah, you can't have and any like, central leadership. And very clearly, Los Angeles is not like the Langley of CTU because it, from what we saw in season one, it is just a college radio station. <laughs> well, and. And, uh, you know, Xander Berkeley, George Mason, he wants to get to Washington, which would make me yeah. think that the head of CTU is That's in Washington. That's where you want to be. Yeah. <sighs> it's not a well-run organization. I'll say that. <laughs> but we get a tiny clock. It is 416. And as soon as Ryan Chappelle walks away, Michelle Dessler walks over to tell uh, Tony that uh, Jack is calling from Kate Warner's house and he has the chip. And uh, Tony has her conference call it into his office. And um, we see Jack Bauer insert just a, like, naked chip with no housing, no nothing, into his computer, and it just says, it can't be read. Yeah, no shit. You broke it. You broke it real mm-hmm. bad. And Tony says, um, hey, why haven't you brought me the chip? I've been waiting for it for, like, three hours. And Jack's euphemism for, I got tortured <laughs> for an hour and a half and nearly, and I actually did die for a second, was... I ran into some interference and also Yusuf Ayuda died. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because we didn't get a silent clock for Yusuf. We didn't, which is a shame because yeah, I'm gonna hey I'm I gonna love that give guy. a quick drink for Yusuf. Yeah, let's uh, another one for a boy, please. Thank you. And so Michelle is on the call and she tells Jack that's like, okay, I think I can help you access it, and uh, I just need to do some work. And Jack says to Tony, okay, well in the meantime, while Michelle's working, I need you to look up the name Peter Kingsley. And cross-reference it with any major players in the oil industry, because I think that's that's what this is all about. And um, somehow the phones are working. Uh, I guess it was on a landline, not a cell phone, but magically the phones are working for the first time in the last four hours. I think Michelle says something and, about the phones being back up. Sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> and uh, Tony tells Jack about the president calling up the military strikes and then tells him about Chappelle saying that they might be reinstated. And... Um, they just realize 
okay, there's something going on in Washington that we're not supposed to know about. Bah, bah, bah. And then we cut back to Washington and the things we're not supposed to know about. And Jim Prescott says, I've asked someone to join us. And who walks in? Fucking Ron. Ron motherfucking Wheeland. That dirty journalist rascal. Fake that motherfucker is First Amendment rights. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, man. I listened to Ron's bullshit. I don't buy it. But go ahead, Kush. Describe describe what Ron well, how says. You, how about you say it? Rock walks through it. Well, I mean, Ron describes essentially how he, he attended the president's press conference. Um, he didn't believe that it was just, you know, there was just some, there was nothing actually going on. And he had a tip that there was a large scale attack that's going to happen in L.A. And then he was uh, brought in to see the president, uh, offered a deal to not break the news and cause a panic. He said he would he would think about it and he was going to leave the NROC. And at that time, he was mm. detained for several mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was leaving on a few few steps there. No, no I'm saying I'm it. saying what not steps? you, but I'm saying Ron. Yeah, he's leaving out a few but, things. But even those steps laid out. Okay, makes yeah. sense. Sorry. Yeah. So, and so right. Prescott asks, like, do you feel do you feel your First Amendment rights were? Oh no, sorry. David asks. Okay, do you feel like your First Amendment rights were violated? Do you think your you think the lives of thousands of U.S. citizens were worth a few hours of your First Amendment rights? And Wheelan gives a pretty good answer that I agree with, but also fuck you, Ron. Yeah, I I don't, I don't have it written down. He says, "No, I don't." But under the First Amendment, that decision was mine, not yours, Mr. President. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I get I, it. I, I, I get agree. It. Yeah. I agree. However, we, we send people to Gitmo for whatever the fuck we want to and just forget about them. The thing so, does make it okay, I just, though. No, it does make it okay, but I, I, I understand why. If, if Here's the thing, though. They're using this as a way to say that the president is not in control of his faculties. Like, if, if they told me that someone did, someone did this... True. I'd be like, well, I mean, I get why he did it. It's not, an, it's not the move of an insane person. It's somebody. I'd yeah, be like, oh, he's the sense. president of the United States. Well, then, yeah, I expected and, him to do that. And I know what would happen if they if they announced if they announced tomorrow if tomorrow morning they said, hey, if someone came on the news, some jackass came on the news and said, I've heard there's a reports of a nuke in Chicago. This city would go fucking insane. Yeah, and that's that's the whole thing about this. It's like, <laughs> so first of all, he does leave out some steps. Um, and also, like, yeah, Whelan made a decision. He made the wrong yeah. one. <laughs> like, Correct. And David, did. but the, the, everything about this example, the last one, and then the one we get next, they're all about trying to prove that David is indecisive and like weak. And I'm just like, <laughs> right. He stripped a journalist of his First Amendment rights. And then when we get to uh, Roger Stanton, like, he tortured an f- old fucking man because yeah. he knew he had the head of the like, NSA. Yeah, it's like yeah, they're, 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 they're the, making the reverse uh, Lincoln argument. Like the South called Lincoln, like you know, uh, they called him a, a psychopath and uh, a, what is it, a, a, a tyrant, yeah. right? Because he's suspended habeas corpus, all that stuff. They're calling David, you know, incompetent because he's doing. It's like no, he's completely competent. You can you can say you disagree with what he's doing, but he's followed a similar path for all of these things. And like the the argument when we get into later, like they're just saying it's like. Yeah, you don't want to go to war to like, you know, to risk thousands of American lives. But like, 
and I don't know about you guys, but if I have to make a decision, like if something's right in front of me, that takes way more, like it, it carries more weight than like what's, I assume as a president, I'm just like, yeah, you know, I could send a couple thousand people off to like th to die in another land, but I'm going to torture a human being, like an old ass man in a room with myself. Like later, like that's gotta be harder than like going to war. I, I don't know. Like personally. And they still never explained why not bombing three countries immediately would cost 20,000 lives. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, they don't really get into it. Um, but basically, so Prescott asked if Ron Whelan thought things were out of control in Palmer's offense. And David, after doing this whole thing about saying that he was balancing Ron's rights against uh, public safety, just goes ahead and says, you know, nothing was out of control. And also... I had legal precedent for my action and like no one in that room was curious about the legal, like the secretary of agriculture wasn't like, Oh yeah. What was that? Oh sure. Everyone knows about the legal precedent of suppressing the first amendment rights. Arresting journalists. <laughs> yeah. Like mm -hmm. no one, like Betsy DeVos didn't chime in like, <laughs> well, what was that? I'm just curious. I don't know anything. So can I just kind of Let's know explain it? it for the people who don't. I mean, obviously I do. I get, I get it. it. Duh. Everyone knows that I know, but uh, Secretary of Interior, <laughs> he's a moron. So can I just get a real quick rundown of that policy? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, and Prescott says, well, I have another guest who should be ready in just a few minutes after this other commercial break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we get a tiny clock. It's 421. We cut back to CTU. And uh, Michelle is talking Jack through how he can remotely access the chip. Or actually, how he can allow her to remotely access the data on the chip. And um, Jack does what she says, and all he gets are numbers and symbols on his screen. And after some troubleshooting, Michelle and Jack conclude that the chip is damaged beyond repair. Um, but he can send part all of the, the files part of the on the chip. the microprocessor is missing, obviously. Yeah, Jack pulls it out. Pulls out the, like, bare chip <laughs> with just, like, coils and shit on it. And it's like, oh, yeah, it looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You got a bad chip overall. Yeah, that's what I'm saying all the inside chip parts are outside, which I think is bad. Um, I didn't even know Michelle's a chip bleed. Yeah, somehow this chip is just covered in its own blood. It's bad. Um, and Michelle says, "I can run a retrieval program to to recover any of the audio file." And she says, "If the file's there, I'll find it." <laughs> And uh, they hang up, and Tony calls someone named Berman in IT and asks for two IT personnel to work on recovering the audio. And then, who does he get a, a phone call from? Rash Bale? No, no, no. It's Kim Bauer. Mm -mm. Oh, it's him. Kim. The only character worse than Ryan Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Had to be. Had to be Kimmy. And um, Oh, right. That's right. I wrote, oh, cool. It's Kim. I can't wait to see what she's bringing into this. Uh, nothing. So Tony patches Kim into Tony to Jack. They have a nice call, and uh, we learn that Kim is on our way to see. Sorry, on our way with a police officer to the Matheson household to recover all of her belongings. Yes, because I don't know why isn't she in jail? Well, she's free to go. There's no charges uh -huh. there. Yeah. So Jack says, "I'll see you soon." And then what does Kim say? I love you. Which I know. Kim is going to survive because the show hates its audience. But guys, I don't feel good about the police officer she's no. with now. This nameless Somebody is going to die officer. in the vicinity. 
Yeah, she's going to go there and, I don't know, Megan might kill her, the little girl. I don't know. But we get another tiny clock. I don't care about Kim. It is 4.23. Please take a drink. And Mike Novick returns to the conference room with two glasses of water, one for him, one for David. And um, David stares at him for a second and just says, you must have known for about this for a little while, huh? How long? What does Mike say? Couple hours. You were a part of it, weren't you? You were on Prescott's side. Mm-hmm. And how does Mike respond to that? He says, David, I'm not on Prescott's side. I'm on, I'm on your side always. But also, always can, you, can you reconsider all of this and it will go away? Yeah, he just says, this could be a good thing. A chance to correct a mistake of historic proportions. David, I'm begging you. Reconsider your position on this. And so you're when Mike, you're, when Mike calls him Dave. Your Mike Novick yeah. is terrific, but I can't. It's like Mike Novick with like a pinch of like Pink Panther. I think I'm too I'm too young and youthful. <laughs> I have such a youthful energy to my Mike Novick. It's hard to be a bald white man. But Curtis, I'm very curious when Mike Novick calls President Palmer David. Appealing to his nature to back down. What does David say? You call me Mr. President. You don't call me by my first yeah. name. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's true. Yeah. Like, you lost that, son. Yeah. And like, I, 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 I pictured, I actually pictured, like, Rahm Emanuel betraying Barack <laughs> Obama. Mm-hmm. Rahm Emanuel's a bad motherfucker. He's the mayor of this town, but I, I no. Like, in. <laughs> <laughs> like, excuse me? Okay. And as we'll soon as game, he huh? said it, he's like, it's like, I'm the president, Mike. You don't call me by my first name. As soon as he said that, I realized that there's only two people in this show who have called him David. It's Mike Novick and Sherry Palmer. Mm-hmm. And that is it. It's Mike Novick, Sherry Palmer. No one else has called him by his first name this entire and show. Mike just lost it. So. Yeah. Yeah. See you later. And we cut to commercial. Which is like the ultimate fuck you from David. I, I like <laughs> it. It's like it sucks to see him isolating himself more and more, but like he's doing the work. Um, I mean, put yourself in a position like David's gonna be like, Am I taking crazy pills? Why do all of you have to go to war? Like, I don't, it fuck. I get we were nuked, I get it, but Jesus Christ, can we just wait a minute? <laughs> it's like there's some sort of plot device forcing us to go to war in the I next know. five hours. God, you <laughs> idiots. <laughs> We cut to commercial, it's 424, we come back, it's 429, and um, Jim, we return to the uh, the cabinet room, and Jim Prescott stands up, and who does he call in to testify? Fucking, fucking Roger's there. Roger Stanton, former head of the NSA, former torturee of David Palmer, and um, he sits down looking quite frail speaking very slowly, and he recalls his torture at the orders of the president. And um, David just can't believe this. He's like, you know, Stanton withheld information on the location of the bomb. And uh, and I only got information from, from Stanton that led directly to the bomb, so how else do you think I found this thing? And uh, Stanton just says, I buckled under the pressure of torture. And uh, all David wanted to do was avoid military action at all costs, so you know, he just made up the story about about me being in cahoots with an American military force. And 
Palmer obviously just says, well, Stanton's lying. And I mean, this is a hell very of a quickly, performance by Roger. Roger yeah. is he's especially after being tortured. He's on his. Oh my a god, game. he's going. He's going for that Emmy right there. So as he's in the middle of uh, testifying, we get, we cut back to CTU and Ryan Chappelle storms up to Tony Almeida and asks, "Why the hell have you moved two IT personnel away from working at military intel?" And Tony says, "Well, Jack got back to us. We have audio on the chip. I need them to decipher it." And Chappelle asks how long it's going to take to repair the audio and get back to him. So Tony doesn't really want to answer. Michelle Dessler just goes, 15 minutes. And we see Chappelle walk away to call the vice president, which, again, apparently just a regional director has. Like, it shouldn't be that surprising because Jack has a direct line to President Palmer. But, like, this guy just, I need to talk to the vice every president. District, so clearly he has, every district commander of CTU has the vice president on speed dial. So, right. Talking. And it once again proves that like Chappelle is connected mm, mm-hmm. to like to yeah. the head of this like cabal to remove David Palmer. But we get another tiny clock. It is four thirty-two. Please take a drink. And um, Prescott. Um, oh shit! Sorry. Um, sorry, my notes are all jumbled up. So I got to rewind a little bit. So this is exactly when Prescott introduces Stanton, and he walks in. And this is like the first time when Stanton walks in, David like looks nervous and he like he sits up straight and kind of like wipes his chin like he does not look great. Um, and so Stanton kind of continues his, his line saying that David was indecisive and erratic and terrified of military engagement. And he says, like, in fairness to the president, I think he genuinely believed it to be true that Americans were involved because he's a decent man. Maybe too decent for the times we live in. It's like if we could prove if he could prove to himself Americans were behind the bomb, then he'd have a good reason to not use military force against a foreign country. It's like we have proof Roger Stanton allowed this bomb to come in. <laughs> like he did it. He did the damn thing. Is this one Palmer yeah. does his uh he basically sits back in his chair and closes his eyes and uh, does a little woosah so he doesn't right. murder everyone through the conference call? This scene don't make no sense. I I get that. I mean, they reveal some stuff about what you know who was in the room and stuff. But uh, they found a dead military American military unit near that bomb though. Yeah. And as we learn in a moment, like the cabinet and even the vice president are not working on the full information. Of, yeah. So uh, very quickly, um, we cut back to CTU and. Um, Tony is further explaining the chip to uh, Ryan Chappelle, saying that it was damaged, but the audio file can be reconstituted, which I don't know how that's any more reliable than, like, the audio file that they say was doctored. Right. This is like, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to doctor this audio file to prove that the other one was doctored again. Yeah. Um, so that's not really working out very well. And then we're back at, at the, uh, the cabinet meeting and Prescott begins to play back the video of Roger Stanton being tortured with electricity, which clearly shocks the cabinet as well. Um, and as the video clip plays, we see Roger Stanton confess that we knew about the bomb weeks ago. And David just slaps his palm on the table and says, well, there you go. They should just go ahead and end this. That's that's the whole ball game. We did it. It's like, yeah, sure, I tortured that old man, <laughs> but he, I got it. We nailed it. He 
He gave us the information about Coral Got Snake him. and led us to Norton Airfield. And uh, yeah, she's like, he gave us the info about Coral Snake. He led us to the airfield. And uh, whoopsie doodles, what happens? Turns out the rest of the tape is missing and David just happened to stop it like right at the moment that they cut the rest of it out. Because yeah. he says, okay, you know, Roger's basically like, I don't know what, I don't know what you're talking about. I literally just said that because I, I wanted you to stop shocking my nipples. Uh, and my feet yeah. and all my good And David's parts. like, well, I then didn't. play the rest of the tape. You can hear it. And, and Prescott's like, that's it. That's all we what got. Rest, what rest? And like, to his credit, I don't know how you guys felt. Like, Prescott seemed surprised. Yeah, no. He was like, well, that's all Intel sent over. We don't have anything else. Like, I, uh, uh, what are you talking about, Mr. Prescott? Which makes me think that Prescott's definitely being played here 100%. He's certainly being played, but I also I don't understand how Roger Stanton could be a part of it. Like, Roger Stanton has been in custody, also has been tortured all fucking day. And, like, I don't understand, because, like, Stanton clearly knew that, like, he was about to be exonerated by the tape that was about to be played. Because he... Yeah. All they had was Stanton saying... That they knew about the bomb, mm-hmm. not that he let it come in, which he definitely admitted to. But at the time, he only admitted it to David Palmer on the tape. And so who got to the tape? Right. And, and so it, it could be Mike Novick because at this point, David turns to Mike and says, Mike, you know about this. Back me up. And to Mike's credit, like he, this is the truth. Mike kind of has this look of horror come over his face. He's like, I only know what the president told me. I wasn't in the room. And I just don't trust him. Yeah. And so yeah. David realizes that he is in a bind. <laughs> and uh, he he has Jim Prescott send Roger Stanton away and says, you know what? I may have taken extreme action in response to the extremity of the events, which again definitely shows that he's not scared of doing shit to get results, like bad shit. And he says... Mark my words, any military action right now will go down as one of the most despicable sneak attacks in the history of the world, and it will kill any chance for Middle Eastern peace, which, noble. Um, And as he says that, an aide walks in with a note to Jim Prescott, alerting him that Ryan Chappelle is decrypting audio from Jack Bauer. And uh, what does Prescott say? Well, he he surprises us all. Yeah. Yeah. Because he told he told everyone, oh, hey, I have information that they have the audio file and, you know, this might be an actual thing. And I was like, OK, so Chappelle told Prescott, which means that he's not in on it. And then Prescott basically didn't try to cover it up, which means he he's also not in on it. So, like, who's who's the puppeteer here? That's because I, yeah, I, I was sure Chappelle's note said vote in the next 15 <laughs> minutes. Or it's right. all going going yeah. to shit, right? But no, they're like, well, wait. Huh? Yeah, that was the thing about like Prescott. Like, he could have not said anything. Like, and he was very much it's like, well, new information. Right. Like, I feel like should, as as much as Prescott is going against our boy, like he's following the rule of law as, as he sees mm-hmm. it. I mean, also, y'all, there's one big thing that's missing here. Like, and I think this kind of goes back to, if you think back to what we did with Iraq, right? If in like 04, old W would have been able to get on TV and be like, hey y'all, found a nuke. I'm like, oh shit, they were right. Right, that's the one, it's like, 
I tortured this guy. He he said he knew about it. He admitted all this stuff, but I don't have it on tape. But also, um, we found that nuke because of what I found out. Remember that part? Yeah. So kind of right though. Like I don't get where it's like, oh, he didn't have information about the nuke, but then how did I find that nuke then? It wasn't just CTU. Well, it's one of the things he says. Sniffing dogs. He says, "How else would I know that information?" And he's like, "Well, we have hundreds of." You know, intelligence agencies no, no. around the world doing, and they're doing <laughs> lots of good work. It's like, what the fuck are you even talking about? And they found the nuke within like a, like an hour before it blew up. No, they were looking for the nuke all day, and they just found it after he tortured Roger Stanton. I mean, it's just, yeah, come on. So, I I feel like David almost had a late to stand on here, and like Prescott definitely throws him a rope. And yeah, Curtis, I see what you're watching. I'm not even going to dignify it with a response. <laughs> I can't that that haircut it can't be tolerated. I'm not. Is it you angels know, and you demons? Know why I'm watching this one? Is it, it angels is. and demons or the other? It is now it's bat- angels and demons. Okay. Do you know why? I know it's why. A, it's it's a, it's a bullshit conspiracy movie about somebody who wants to be in charge of something but sets up the most elaborate <laughs> set of fucktardery I've ever seen in my entire life to get there. Um, and, I think, and, and in and in no way, shape, or form can keep that position. I once. Th- I think what I love most about your movie choices is that you back it up to the episode, which is so incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, if anything, that speaks to Tom Hanks' career choices yeah. more than anything. Like, I can always your find knowledge, yeah, your with knowledge the of Tom Hanks' movies, but also the exact plot, the plot. of the movies. Yeah, impressive. Yeah. When someone is that great, <laughs> you understand their work. Do you normally watch these movies just when you're up with one of your boys late at night? Like, how do you have the time? Because I don't have time. I don't I don't have kids. I don't even know how you have the time. Yeah, so uh, anybody who's, who's about to have kids or has kids, what, one, one of the things you do when you're going to have kids, if you're going to be an actual good father uh, and help with them feedings and help mm-hmm, with those mm-hmm, late mm-hmm. night put downs, uh, you're going to want to build up a good Netflix queue. Um, you know, you watch the entire Sons of Anarchy series because it's a lot of feedings, friend. Uh, so you got some hours. So yeah, and you want you your boys yourself. to grow up good and strong with good morals, yes. correct? So they see a Hanks. Um, you know, you watch Big, and you learn that uh, pedophilia is okay if the kid looks like an adult. Uh huh. Yeah. Hashtag uh, good. You know, good person. Uh, he made some. I mean, yeah. Was looking it? back, <laughs> good person. Hashtag good person. I was uh, gonna say when you uh, you went from Sons of Anarchy to show your boys good good content. I was like, I don't know, but Jax isn't the best guy. He walks weird, too, and to, he has the dirtiest fair. I watched SOA when my oldest was a baby. He could not actually see that one. I watched BSG when he was a little older. Learned some things. Like the word frack. Correct. So, um, Prescott says we should take a minute to uh, consider the potential impact uh, uh, of that investigation on these proceedings. And we come back to CTU where Michelle is speaking to someone named Jason and they come to the conclusion that they are not going to be able to recover the audio from the chip. She tells this to Tony, um, but she says, we did find a piece of recurring code, recurring extra code injected into all of the chip audio. Um, we think it's a lead. And Tony takes that to Ryan Chappelle, who says, well, great. Bauer wasted an hour of our time. And I'm not having it anymore. He walks away. We cut the commercial. It's 4:37. We come back. It's 4:42. And um, I love how it's wasting time if, like, you <laughs> you get a you lead, get a lead like and a you s- get a thing, and it, the thing is just 
broken right now. Which, by the way, this lead is so fucking solid and good. And like, why the fuck does it exist? Mm. It's so unreal. And also it's like, okay, yeah, we can't constitute like the audio file, which is audio file is by and large, not very complicated, but we have this. We'll get into it in a second. The dumbest thing in the world. Uh, So we come back. It's 442. We see CTU arriving at the Warner household. Uh, who have apparently brought Jack a new pair of shoes, which he is lacing up. Uh, and no, he stole one of the dude shoes, remember? Did he? I didn't see Yeah, one of the criminals, or like Ron Swanson or his friend, have no shoes on now. <gasps> We're just his that's size. Okay, great. that's a... Correct. Such a weird... Okay, amazing. <laughs> what a weird, nice touch that show made. I'm, sur- I'm shocked he didn't go into like... Uh, Bob Warner's closet and just steal shit. A pair of cowboy boots. No, he was that, that was Kate, that was that was only Kate's house though. They were at they weren't at Bob's house. That's true. Okay, the big true. house was all was Bob's house. That's I think Marie true. lived there because she's useless. <laughs> That's true. Kate has her own home. That's true. She's kind of useful. So the police <laughs> walk Marcus and Cole out of the house, and um, Jack sees a sees Kate Warner kind of crying in the kitchen, and um, he walks over to her and tries to comfort her. And what does she say? Everything that's happening today is my fault. Which, accurate. Not her directly, no. just her family. No. Yeah, her sister was the, was the reason. She said, I should have recognized it. I should have done something. I should have reached out to her. And Jack, who has some experience in not identifying terrorists who are very close to you, what does he say? Just say there's nothing you could have done. It's not your fault. You're just gonna, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and then this scene gets weird, guys. I, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, just. So, so Jack I, Jack explains that there's nothing she could have done. It's not her fault. It was beyond her control. And then, like, where does that go? They're, like, looking at each other and shit. <laughs> and it's just like, Jack, don't, don't make out with adult Kim. Just don't. Oh, he talks to her behind the ears yeah, so they have a, like he gives her a hug to comfort her mm. and then they separate and he pushes her hair behind her ear and they stare at each other for a second and it's a long oh, stare God, a so couple, and then what happens then he ring 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 <laughs> then he puts his tongue Can't right in her ear yep well, first we get a tiny clock at 444, <laughs> please take a drink. And then he puts his tongue... No, he gets a call from a Tony call. Michelle. And they break the mystical moment between Jack and Kate. Thank Christ. And he says, did you get the and information off the chip? And she says, no. And he goes, what do you mean, no? What do you mean, no? What the? Are you telling me there's no audio file on that chip? Well, there used to be. Well, there but was. then your stupid ass but- stepped on it. Yeah, you dumb, dumb idiot. And Tony tells Jack that Chappelle's calling the president, and he wants Jack on the phone. And Jack says, yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> and um, just before they hang up, Michelle cuts in and says, hey, Jack, we found recurring code fragments on the chip that may lead to whoever coded it. Sometimes... Hackers and programmers embed code snippets as a marker or a signature. No, nope. she's like, I've been able to trace the signature back to a hacker named Alex Hewitt, a computer nope. hacker with an FBI file who may have put the files together. 
And Curtis, I know what you're thinking, and it's probably, why the fuck would you sign the computer chip that would start World War Three? Yeah, hard nope. Essentially, what they're saying is that an expert hacker who's been hired mm-hmm. by a shadowy cabal or either a high-level military unit is the wet bandits of <laughs> hackers. Yeah. That he has to leave a fucking calling card at the end. No. Just no. Especially, nope. he's already been arrested by the FBI and uses the same signature. Well, when you come up with yeah. something as good as Elite Hacksaw, I mean, can you really change? Well, I guess not. See? Yeah. I mean, well, I, now you all might say out there, and all our listeners might say, well, people sign things, you know, we are anonymous. Here's the kicker. Um, they are a group that is anonymous. How in the fuck do you have it that you sign a signature of a hacker that can lead back to your actual name? Oh, yeah, real name. That is the stupidest shit I have ever heard. Well, no. And, and not only that, so it means, like, not only <laughs> is it the equivalent of, like, going to a crime scene, providing both your thumbprints, <laughs> retinal scans, and your, like, ball print on the crime scene, but also it's providing that data to the entire world and anyone who can also hack into the system, mm-hmm. steal your signature, and then hack into, like, your local DMV 18,000 times with your signature because it's all fucking online. Mm-hmm. Why would you ever do this? Especially yeah. if you already had been arrested by the FBI. Because your name is Alex. <laughs> Alex Hewitt. Yeah. Again, like, Look, it's so dumb. Like, and I let, let the listener know, guys, that they didn't find out that the Russians hacked us because they, like, signed it, you know, you know, Kremlin. Boner L- Squad. L- LOL. Yeah, Boner right? Squad. They had, they had to track back some IP addresses to find out where they were. They just signed it. You know, I miss USSR. XXX. That's not how that works. So, fuck it. That's stupid. Yeah. Just, it's just a dumb plot device. I'm sorry. That's and again, like, <laughs> like, again, like, they they just could have had the chip not be damaged. <laughs> like, like, that, like, that could have been, like, like the chip could have, like, the audio file could have been, like, damaged, but it could have just said, saved by Alex Hewitt. Like, that would have been yeah. fine. Like, it would have been smarter if he actually signed his autograph on the chip directly. Like, that'd be better. <laughs> it's like, just, it's like, it, if you were going to start World War Three, like, you mm-hmm. knew this. Like, you knew the work you're doing. Why the fuck would you, like, on the off chance they spoiled the surprise, like, why would you sign this thing? Well, especially because like, he would have had to be the one to give the chip to someone, right? Yeah. Which, we're going to find out in a second, because Jack arrives at this man's house in four minutes. <laughs> it's very close. He's not too far, again... The people involved in this plot don't know how to get away from the nuclear bomb. Also, let me get back to the ultimate fact, though, too. Um, one, one other thing, guys. Um, so we make uh, podcasts with this company. Um, you know, quote unquote company that we have. Uh, funny story, y'all. You don't have to hack audio files to make fake fucking audio. Mm-mm. So the fact that there are even code fragments that have his hacker signature at the end of them is bullshit. Curtis actually hasn't been on the last eight episodes of this show. I just hack it together. Like, he just shows up, and I, I threw oh, audio wizard. Well, that's weird, because you died, you you awesome. died six months ago, and I've been using your I've, voice. I've been I've been dead for 40 years. <laughs> Good hacking. Good hacking, bro. Yeah. You did it. You hacked me. I like it. Mm-hmm. Like what you did. You well, hacked like like Angelina Jolie. I, I put <laughs> I put in my floppy disk into the net. 
and I downloaded your voice and I made you say like cool stuff. Enhance. You're welcome. Enhance. Um, <laughs> so they hang up and Tony says, or no, they don't hang up. Sorry. Tony just tells Jack that Chappelle won't let them chase down any leads, but here's the address of Alex Hewitt. Track Go it down on your own. They hang up. Jack. <laughs> and Jack has to end this tender moment with Kate and says, I have to go follow down a lead. And he says, an officer will take you back to your father at CTU. And they stare at each other for a, for a moment. They smile and Jack goes to walk away. And Kate says, be careful. Jack, be careful. Be careful. And I don't think he's going to be. Murdered. But what does he say? <laughs> I always am. Thanks. <laughs> I will be. It's like, no, you no. won't, Jack. No, Don't make won't. promises you can't keep, idiot. So we get a tiny clock. It's 445, and uh, we are back in the cabinet room, and Jim Prescott tells the cabinet that we need to come to a conclusion in the next few minutes if we want to keep our bombers in the air and make sure they get to their targets and back. And um, then we we hear... They literally Ryan just got connected. refueled. They Like a like minute a ago. Minute ago. Like, <laughs> They've been in a holding pattern for like 16 minutes. If our bombers yep. don't have 16 minutes of fuel, we have a fucking problem. I mean, I've seen Air Force One. Those bad boys can fly around for a long time until you Just blow that. one of them up. So probably fine. Um, but David Palmer's put on the phone with Ryan Chappelle and Jack Bauer. And uh, Bauer explains to David that there's no audio left on the chip. It was damaged beyond repair. But... I was tortured by men hired by Peter Kingsley. They want to increase oil pricing in the in the Caspian Sea. And he he basically just explains this whole like ridiculous, like crazy man plot <laughs> with like no backup or proof. And David's just kind of like, Yeah, I get it. And he's like, it's like, okay, I know you have nothing, but are you convinced that the Cypress audio is forged? And what does Jack say? Yes. 100 percent Absolutely. So like what separates Jack from the crazy guy that was on my train the other, like, earlier today? Just screaming about uh, the weather. But Jack saved the president's life a year ago? Yeah, but he's just he's just basically a conspiracy theorist at this point. Jack was... Uh, he also just, like, sacrificed himself to build a nuke up, but only got pulled out because of George? I'm just saying. He, and Jack also, is like, involved everywhere there's trouble. The thing is also, like, and, like, no one can... Like, Jack can't prove this... But, like, he was tortured by people to get the information that he kind of has about the... Like, he was tortured to stop the bomb going forward. Like, he can't prove it to anybody, but, like, Jack knows it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the hallmark calling card of a crazy person. Like, aliens put stuff up my butt. So, man, yeah, Jack is just a conspiracy (laughs) theorist who just happens to be right. Mm-hmm. According to the audience, what they choose to show mm. us, but it's all from Jack's perspective. It's kind of like that movie with, uh huh. What's the one with where he thinks he's a spy and he's like a game show host? It was based on a true story. And I wanted Rockwell. to say the man who knew too little, but it's not what you. That's not what you, the man who knew too knew. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Sam Rockwell. I don't know what that one is. But the man who knew too little is fantastic. It's Bill Murray who just thinks he's yeah. No, uh, I know like that a, one. That was a great movie. I love Sam Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Interesting. Mm. I love it's Sam about Rockwell. Chuck Barris. The I dating gotta, game. I gotta cut all this. I gotta cut all. Oh, this. that dude killed himself, didn't he? Or no, that was the guy who did the uh, Chuck Woolery. He did. The, he killed himself. Sorry, got dark. <laughs> 
A little bit. It's cool. We're going to cut it anyway. <laughs> what do you call it? The unfaithful narrator or the uh, the un- untruthful um, narrator? Unreliable. Unreliable yeah. narrator. That's it. I'd like Sam Rockwell. Yeah, he's awesome. Moon Moon yeah. was great. What's Love the name that of that movie, movie, Michael? Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. It's okay. good. You should watch it. Who else is Who else is in that? It's uh, a good question. Renee Zellweger, Drew oh, okay. Barrymore, yeah. George okay. Clooney. Yeah, it's a I Charlie Kaufman movie. <laughs> Kaufman joint. Got it. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So uh, Palmer <laughs> hangs up reluctantly and leaves Jack to chase down his new leads. And we get another tiny clock. It is four forty-seven. Please take a drink. And um, David hangs up the phone and turns back to the discussion and says, "The evidence will be forthcoming, but I don't know when." <laughs> <laughs> and what does Jim Prescott immediately do? He's like, "Yeah, we got to vote. We, we got to do this thing." I. So this is. Like I'm sorry, like I, every candidate, this is the dumbest career move you can make. Like, have y'all read the amendment? Because I wrote it down. What it what actually happens in this this case in this scenario? Please read it. So uh, essentially, what happens is is the cabinet can vote, and the simple majority declare the president unfit. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, the VP then becomes the acting president, right? If the Congress is out of session, they have 48 hours to gather, and then. By a two-thirds vote of Congress, the VP can become the actual president. If not, the president resumes his powers. Hmm. So, all y'all are getting fired. So, they are basically are going to... This this military coup, or this uh, VP coup that he's doing is going to last approximately 48 hours. Correct. He's going to bomb the shit out of the Middle East. The ground troops aren't ready to go yet. And they're all going to get fired and probably arrested for fucking war crimes. Like, it's just, I, I don't, it doesn't and, make any sense. And Prescott brings it up later. Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> the timeline is a little bit weird because, like, I guess they played a little loosey-goosey with the actual <laughs> timing of the amendment. But, um, yeah, like, it, and again, you made the point last, like, last episode, Curtis, like, these are all people appointed by the president, normally his fucking friends mm-hmm. or, yeah. like, people he knows, like, their only power is that, like, they, their only, the only reason they're in the role is he was appointed by, or they were appointed by the president. They need the president's favor going forward to, like, get a cushy corporate or a more cushy corporate job. Like, mm-hmm. their only, their only value is they're tied to the president mm-hmm. of the United States. Like, and, like, even, like, again, like, I don't know why you would align with Jim Prescott, the vice president. Who will probably appoint new cabinet members anyway? <laughs> like, why would you care? And who's also going to go to jail in like forty-eight hours? <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, and, oh, sorry. Sir. If they make, if Congress makes no decision, they have twenty-one days where they can stay in power. So if they can convince two-thirds of the Congress that he shouldn't be president for twenty-one days, you have about a month. Cool. cool where you cool, can cool, rule cool, shit. Cool. Um. But all I'm seeing right now, and it's funny, the visual of this show is a bunch of white dudes, and I think there's like one, two, one or two, two women there. Two women. Yeah. Aligned against a black guy. And you're like, no. I think that's going to go is, real well in the country. One guy's vaguely Latino. <laughs> <laughs> He's totally Italian. Yeah. Or no, some like kind he of really is. His name is also Alex, so yeah. Dude, like, uh, He's from Miami. That's the fine. way that people vote in this don't make any sense either. Mm-mm, nope. Like, Absolutely the Secretary not. of Defense is like, yeah, no, I I think he's totally okay, and he should keep his job. 
He seems like he that's should count as more votes than the. That's the last. That's yeah, the, end the of secretary of agriculture is like no. It's <laughs> like, are you fucking what? Also, the the whole fucking point of this conspiracy was that David Palmer was not giving the the Department of Defense enough leeway to do what they needed to do, and the Secretary of Defense was like, "Nah, he's nah, cool. good. We're yeah, fine with it. Perfect." <laughs> Like the whole conspiracy is just like he's not he's not like a dick enough with mm-hmm. military stuff. Like he needs to just like blow the dick out of stuff. And like that guy's like, no, he's yeah. fine. I, I love but that. the guy who inspects cows is like, nah, man, we need to bomb the shit out of the Mid East. Yeah. Well, to be, f- is Secretary of Agriculture in charge? No, that's Interior's in charge of like federal Parks. land for yeah, oil yeah. driving. Yep. Well, he says yeah. no Parks too, but that makes drilling. a lot more sense. Which, to be fair, our current Secretary of Energy believes that he's in charge of the oil drilling. So, well, our current uh, Secretary of Energy is the dumbest person on the planet. So he is. He has a degree in animal husbandry <laughs> from Texas A&M University. How dare you, sir? It's cool that you can get degrees in that with a D plus GPA. That's that's good times. Um. Anyway, um, <laughs> before we get to the vote, Mike Novick asks if Prescott will indulge him for one minute to make a final plea to David Palmer. So he pulls David aside. And asked him to order the attack, ignore the Jack Bauer illusion, and just go for it. <laughs> just fucking do the dang thing. And Palmer once again refuses because it will kill a lot of people for no fucking reason. And he basically tells Mike to eat his whole entire butt and turns away and says, you know what? Go ahead and get on with that vote. The other thing that Mike says is like, all you have to do is... Order the the strike and all this will go away. And it's like, really? Will it? It'd be like, the president's like, cool. I capitulate to your demands. We're going to do this strike. And then tomorrow, you're all fired. Yeah, but like that's the thing. It's like... This attempted coup doesn't just still, go away. Like, honestly, if I was in that room, if I was a cabinet member and he just did that, like... And I was like, no, he's probably fine. You're like, no, oh, fuck this guy. No, he's clearly not meant to be president. Like, I don't want to go to, like, there's no upside to going with right. that flow. Yeah, I, I, what I find hilarious is that this actually proves the point that the, maybe the founders were geniuses. Because the 25th Amendment didn't exist before the 60s, right? Like, they decided that it needed to be, you know, one person who was elected by the Republic. And then he could appoint a bunch of people. Who sit beneath them, and even you know the VP is not elected; it's a person they choose to serve. But one person should be the person who the people trust. So then, you know, all these assholes who have to get up and say that we all decided that we were going to go to war for you guys, and for the whole country to be like, "No, that's cool. That works. Thanks." No, this is dumb. Like none of this makes any fucking sense. But get after it, man. Well, that's the it's the other part. we talked about this earlier. Like, Congress for so many decades, probably since the 60s, has just, like, been abdicating power to the president, which necessitated this fucking amendment because the president now has so much power that they was not intended to have that we have to have a thing. We're like, well, if this dipshit can't do it, we need to get him out of here. And, like, I don't know, Joe Biden well, can go the 25th ahead and go Amendment for it. also— I think everybody- it, like, does the whole hierarchy of who's in line for the presidency. And it's yeah. like, really, you guys thought you needed to figure out who the 17th person in line for the president is? 
Well, that's how we got another Jack Bauer joint or Kiefer Sutherland yes. joint. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Last president standing or whatever the fuck called. <laughs> Naked and president. Lone survivor. That's yeah, one, yeah, no, that's yeah, the Mark Wahlberg movie. movie. Hold on, no, no, no. No, Lone designated survivor. survivor yeah. Yes. Which I only knew because of that movie. Um, uh, what was the one? Uh, Eagle Eye. Yeah, that was a surprisingly not. <laughs> he, shit had been, movie. he had been. He had been position, right? Was that was that a LaBeouf movie? It was pre crazy LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Um, but but like, could you imagine waking up? And we hear like the the cabinet and the vice president decided to go to like we in your mind you'd hear to not go to work as the president was crazy You're like oh that's good now they bombed the Middle East say what now you guys decided to take powers because he wouldn't mm-hmm. bomb people indiscriminately uh no no, no I don't <laughs> so what I also don't understand is like okay the vice president brought in Ron Wheeland uh-huh. to testify during this. 25th Amendment trial. Ron Whelan was so gung-ho about his First Amendment rights and his wanting to get the people want to know kind of situation that he was going to write about a nuclear bomb. What's stopping him from just walking out of there and writing a story about the attempted coup that's happening? Oh, he's going to do it. Also, by the way, he's been free apparently for a couple <laughs> yes, hours and he hasn't now. Like- shit. Like, presumably before the GD bomb went off, like, he could have gone and did the dang thing. Nope. <laughs> Mm-mm. Ron Wheeler's not a great journalist. No, he's a I'm learning. journalist. That's fake news. Right there. Yeah. Like so, also, why is there <laughs> vote great... tally software built in? Right, yeah. And, and, and it requires Mike <laughs> Novick to just, like, Press one button for each vote. Yes, no. The seats are always the same. And like they have to go one by one through the not just like every guy like every cabinet secretary just goes hits one button at the same time. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> it's oops, two, bro. What are oops. you gonna do? Yeah. Well, so the vote begins with the Secretary of Transportation, who is apparently not a traitorous piece of shit. But then we jump over to the Secretary of Treasury, who's a real fucking dirtbag, and votes that David should be removed from office. And then we cut to commercial at 4.49. And we come back at 4.44. No, sorry, 4.54. Nailed it. We didn't and go back in time. Gotta go back in time. Um, we see Jack Bauer call Tony. Who they are apparently just on real sweet terms now. And... Jack Bowers conveniently reached Alex Hewitt's apartment within five minutes of learning of its existence. And um, Tony tells Jack that Alex Hewitt has no known connection to Peter Kingsley and that he used to work with the State Department creating their tech frameworks, but he was fired and arrested for manipulating files. And he then he tried to commit suicide and was committed to a psychiatric ward for more than a year um, after he was fired. And Jack ignores all of that and says, how's the president doing? <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Uh, I'm going to ignore everything you just said. I'm a yeah. boy. You good? Cool cool story <laughs> on that guy, the terrorist hacker. Um, how's my boy doing? And then he goes to the trunk of his SUV and retrieves the pistol. Another one. So he's He did look good. a little upset there were so many weapons missing from their little shadow box. 
I think he, he, there was a moment of just like, God damn it, Yusef, how many things did, like, I needed those machine guns. How many guns did you need? I know you were fighting eight people outside, but man, I really could use a submachine gun right now, Yusef. But, um, we cut back to the cabinet and we see a few more members cast their votes. And after a moment, it comes down to one deciding member, the Secretary of State. And what does he say? Well, he monologues for a little bit, and I was like... About how much he respects Yeah, I was like, oh, man, he's going to vote no. For show. Sure. You don't start off with, like, mm-hmm. you know I respect you, and that's why I voted yes to keep you in power. Right. So he says, we're talking about tens of thousands of American lives. I'm compelled to vote no. It's just like, but how? How? Explain it to me, please. Again, and this is... The Secretary of State, the chief diplomatic officer of this country, is like, yeah, nuke the fuckers. <laughs> Blow, Blow them up. fuck. And so Mike Novick closes his vote laptop. <laughs> and Prescott stands up and tells David that you can appeal the decision in four days in front of Congress, which, Curtis, to what you read earlier, has no <laughs> sure, legal standing sure. or basis. Yeah. And you must now be removed from the decision-making process. Nope. Well, I mean, yeah. Oh, God. It's I don't so, think they have to so put dumb. him in a in a room, though. Like, he's just not the president anymore. He's just not the president anymore. He can just yeah. walk around. Like, he, he could go hang out with Ron Whelan <laughs> and tell a cool story <laughs> if he wanted to. He'd just shoot the shit. Um, like, oh, cool. Hey, how's it going? But uh, two MPs and Aaron Pierce walk up and... Say so they want to escort David Palmer out of the meeting room and to a holding area to get to a prison sure. cell. And David just like can't believe that Aaron's involved in this. And what does Aaron say? He can say yeah, the whole see, line, but he agrees with what, what the president's doing. He says, I agree with you know, I'm not I'm not saying you made the wrong decision, but I I gotta yeah, It's basically gotta like it, from where I am, they followed the constitution, so I, I got to do this. Yeah, so come on. <laughs> so get in your cell. Yeah, so we get a tiny clock. It's 4.58, and Jack Bauer rides a very noisy lift up into kind of an industrial building, apartment building, and um, he sees Alex Hewitt's apartment open, and he, he begins sweeping through his nasty-ass apartment, ridden with VHS cassettes, and um, there's no one home. Lights are off. Nothing going on. So he continues searching, and it seems that no one's home. And in the meantime, we cut to a uh, multi-screen. We see Jim Prescott being sworn in as president. And behind him on a screen, we see three bomb squadrons, which apparently contained 65,000 planes apiece, (laughs) uh, sweeping towards the Mediterranean. They've been given the go order. And then um, we see David Palmer being escorted to a private room, and Kim Bowers looking out the window of a police cruiser. And then we see Jack Bauer continuing his way through the apartment, clearing clearing it room by room. So many tapes. And then so many VHS tapes. It's basically <laughs> it's basically like the saw or the seven equivalent of like the composition notebooks. This guy's just got stacks of VHS tapes. So Jack's moving through, and then what does he hear outside the apartment? He hears the elevator coming up. It chimes. The elevator. And he he scrambles to hide behind some kitchen equipment, and then the door slowly opens, and we see we zoom in on a hand 
holding a gun. He enters it was the camera a man's frame. hand. Definitely a man's hand. Mm-hmm. And he walks in, and then he opens the door slowly, and then he's followed into the room by a woman. You t- clearly see by her silhouette, she walks in, and she calls out for Alex. And then the man behind her turns the lights on, and she turns around. Who the fuck is it? Sherry? Is Sherry Palmer, Palmer y'all. Fucking Palmer. She back. And we cut to black at 459 So she's seconds. she's the mastermind? Or is she just checking up? Is she just... It did did Kingsley I mean, say he needs to go check that, that shit? She's, she's in that cabal, though. Is she, is though? Is she? Or... Got, gotta be. Mm. Gotta be. Is it like a secret honestly, super double cross? Hey, guess what, y'all? If I'll try, I'll trust no one. <laughs> I know you don't. I would, I, at this point, it's just like if David if David were in a confident position, like if he weren't in a rough spot, I'd be like, oh, yeah, Sherry in on it. She's definitely. But like David's in trouble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now I feel like just Sherry is just puppet mastering all sorts of Peter Kingsley bullshit. I feel like she's just still working, working to get back into David's good graces. But how would she know Alex? I don't or know. Or State Department. Yeah. She knew him. For, man. I mean, for all we know, she put him up to the task that got him caught at the State Department. Mm-hmm. She she could have been instrumental in that. And just to kind of cultivate yeah, him as an just, asset from she's then. She's playing 10 D chess. You know? Sherry Palmer is the smartest person on this show. <laughs> yeah, Hands no, down. That's guaranteed. True. And I, I don't know. I don't know what her game is. I assume Jack Barrish is going to shoot her in the head because of how what her attitude towards Kim was. I would probably. I don't even have a a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Toad did. He doesn't know that. Like, I'm sure he got the email from David. Like, hey, my wife wanted to kill you, but you know, whatever, it's fine. Well, Curtis, where do you, where do you see this going from here? Next episode, <sighs> we're gonna find out more cabal info. Um, Prescott's gonna order the military strike and um, look like a douchebag while doing it. Um, Are we actually gonna see bombs options? dropped? No, no. Some somehow, Jackford Bauer will stop this situation. We have three hours left. Mm-hmm. Chip damaged. They, they still have to fly to the target to bomb them. So there's gonna be some time for him to go ahead and find out what actually occurred. Um, get the cabal stopped and then get back. You know, power to David Palmer. So, do you think um, Jack is going to meet? Do you think Jack's going to meet Peter Kingsley in this se- in this season? We don't have time to do that. Okay. When you when you when you meet Jigsaw, you need to be prepared. <laughs> Jack Jack needs a good few hours to do that. So, when was the so. last time you saw Jack Bauer prepared for anything? When he shot G Mason in the leg with that dart gun. He did prepare. That, was, that, that took was, that five was on minutes. Four <laughs> minutes notice. It's still prepared. On- he prepared to do it though. Like he had to get it from you know from Nina and get the dark gun in the folder and then pull it out. He took steps. That's true. Yeah. So okay. He thought about it. He Interesting. It. Okay. Um, do you think David Palmer is president at the end of the season? Yes. All right. Do you think Mike Novick is dead or alive? Alive. That's pre- yeah. That's fair because Jack's not <laughs> pre- that, Jack. Jack can't get him and kill right. him and Prescott in the same time. Yeah. I mean, okay. That's, what, that's my thing though. Like like. Mike Novick has to know that David could just strangle him and be like, whatever. <laughs> I I was president. I could have done that previously. Yeah. But, um, Pardoned. 
Yeah. I killed him in the White House. It's federal <laughs> land. Federal crime. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm anyway. the boss. Thanks. <laughs> I'm the boss. So, Curtis, I- I'm curious. Three hours left. Big, big predictions. What do you, what do you see happening here? Um, I think I, part of me wants to say Cabal isn't going to be revealed to be about oil because there isn't enough oil in the Caspian Sea to, to result <laughs> in this kind of action. It just doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, and then uh, I think that Tony Almeida might slap Ryan Chappelle in the face with his dick again. Um, and I think that's going to be great. Um, I don't care if Kim dies or not. She won't, obviously, because, you know, we can't have nice things. Um, and oh God. Jackson a Bono Warner, isn't he? It's a, that's just bad news. That's just not good. Yeah. It's no one's going to like that. It results in a dumber Kim. I'll just say this. But I I am very excited for you to see what what Ryan Chappelle becomes in this show. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm no no spoilers there. I'm just I'm I'm looking forward to it. But gentlemen, I think that I think we're done for now. I think uh, fuck it. I'm tired. <laughs> do we do it? Do we make it? Let I'm me. I'm gonna re. I'm gonna redo that whole thing. One second. Yeah. No. But um. Uh, I think the next couple hours are gonna be jam packed full action. And I there's one moment seared into my brain as one of the coolest things that Jack Bauer does. I think we're about two hours away from it. But I can't wait, Curtis, for you to see it mm. and for me to see it again because it has been about mm-hmm. eight years and I. Am so excited. Very, very excited for the Jackson. Yeah. It, so it's excited. It's solid Jackson. Well, uh, gentlemen, it's been lovely talking with you. It's been lovely talking with you this week. Um, everyone, if you like this show, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. You can also find out more information on our sister show, Trends in Low Places, which Michael and I, and occasionally <laughs> Curtis, um, we talk about dumb internet stories and just what's going on in our lives. This week, we talked... Um, Basically, a lot about we spoiled the entirety of Jurassic <laughs> World 2. Um, we talked about stupid mummies and really just monster movies in general for a solid hour. Um, and hopefully that's funnier than it sounds when I say it like this. Um, but if you like this show, you almost certainly like that one uh, with same brand of humor. We're just two or three dumb boys saying dumb shit. So um, if you like that, you can find out more information at Good Buddy Media. You can also shoot us an email uh, if you want to share a message to a fellow listener or get in touch with us and tell us how much you really hate Kim Bauer. You can shoot us an email at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. We read every single message we get, and we'd love to hear from our fans. Um, and, uh, you know, just hit us up. And, Michael, how else? Wait, Curtis, sorry. Wow. I, I was in tilt mode. And, Curtis, how else can people help us out? Hey guys, if you want to help us out, go ahead and subscribe to our show, Long Stays of Our Lives, or our sister show, Trends in Little Places, on the podcast app of your choice, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast, Pod, our Podcast Addict, Podbean, Spotify. Um, go ahead and subscribe to us on that uh, that app you got. And when you do that, please uh, like and also leave comments for us, uh, rate and review, so that we can move up the charts and become a podcast juggernaut. Uh, you know, we want to. Go ahead and get to the top spot um, as the best 24 fan cast in the world and uh, maybe get some ads in here. Um, you know, scotch or, you know what? How about sleep? Mm. Sponsored by Stealth oh, Radio. Oh, that's that. essentially being sponsored right? by Casper Mattresses, <laughs> which. That's fine. Yeah. Or just or just mattresses. Like, just that's fine. Bed. 
Yeah, beds. A sleeping space. Awesome. I like it. Um, But yeah, uh, do that. Subscribe and, and, uh, you know, hit us up for all the episodes. Listen to old episodes. Catch up to where we are, guys. It's it's pretty awesome. We just Um, uh, had someone reach out saying they they have been catching up recently and really enjoying the show, which is awesome. Uh, Another podcast, uh, the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show, which is great. So shout out to them. If you like wrestling, check them out, but also listen again to this show. (laughs) Yep. I like a wrestling. I'm listening to that. That sounds good. That sounds dope. Thanks for all of our fans. Uh, and we love you. But uh, I digress. Michael, how can the folks help us out on the old social media? Yeah, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Facebook at LDuelCast, L-D-O-O-L cast, or by searching uh, for Longest Days of Our Lives. Uh, you can also find TilpCast there, Trends in Low Places, at TilpCast. Uh, and when you see us post something about the show, please give us a like, a retweet, a share, uh, whatever you got to do to let your friends know that uh, you're listening to us, and they should too. Um, and one thing that Kush forgot to mention is that um, when you do go to goodbuddymedia.com, uh, if you go slash blog, I've been blogging a little bit. So, um, you know, you might want to check that out a little bit. Um, by the way, I just got to, I followed up on some of the Ricky and Clive tweets towards, towards our show. Mm-hmm. And, um, Curtis, they, um, they call you out specifically. <laughs> Beg pardon? <laughs> so they want, they want to taste what's going on. What's happening? No, no, no. They don't call you out. Just here's a tweet. C nice one. How does he find time to watch wrestling with all those Tomas Hankinth movies he watches? <laughs> that looks like it's from Clive. Tomas uh, and Hankinth. This, this is for Ricky and Clive. Uh, I can watch Tommaso Hanks and Tommaso Ciampa. No problem. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I love it. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. But guys, I gotta tell you, we're running out of time. Toodles. Huh? <laughs>